Uh, good morning, Grace. I'm going to take this microphone. I'm usually hooked up, but not today. It is good to see everyone uh, this morning, and if you're visiting with us at Grace, we're uh, thrilled that you're here uh, this morning. It's a, a big day for us because it's an opportunity for us to fellowship together, and uh, we know from the scriptures, from the New Testament specifically, that the early church set the pace in terms of what we are to be about, uh, teaching, fellowship, uh, and breaking of bread and prayer. And so today, we have an opportunity to fellowship after church, and uh, we look forward to doing that uh, together. Um, and if you're visiting with us and you want to stay for that fellowship, we've got um, hamburgers and hot dogs and shakes and I hear they even added root beer floats if you wanted those today. So there's a lot of good things going on, and we'd love for you guys to stay uh, if you're visiting with us today uh, to fellowship. I will give you some instructions about that uh, at the end of our service today. Uh, the England team will be the final team to share with us today about their trip, and uh, Robbie Roberts uh, led that team. And I told Robbie just a few minutes ago, we will be dismissed at 12, and if he wants to continue to talk, that's up to him. So. But um, I wanted to just make a few announcements uh, this morning uh, for you. Uh, we are in the process of our deacon elder nominations, and today is the last day for that. And so I know you've been faithfully praying about that and how the Lord would lead you in that. And so uh, the boxes are out in the... Uh, foyer, and you can pick those up, And but today's the last day to put in nominations for uh, deacon and elder. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I mentioned last week that we will have a Sun Life training um, on August the 12th, and it'll be from 9 o'clock in the morning until noon. So 9 o'clock till noon, we will provide breakfast for you um, on the sign-up sheet out there. In the uh, foyer, um, you'll note that. But we'll have breakfast that morning, and then we'll have some instruction around um, Sun Life. And what it is, Sun Life is just, in short, it is a philosophy of ministry built around the life of Christ. And it transcends uh, every ministry. It's not just for youth ministry. It's for children's ministry, women's ministry, men's ministry, any type of ministry. It is set up to where um, you and I can look at the life of Christ and the things that Christ did and was involved with with his disciples and build our ministry along that pattern. So I encourage you to sign up for that. Um, it's not an all-day thing. It's just in the morning. Uh, there's interactive time that I'll have with you. But I really, really encourage you, if you're involved in a ministry uh, even if it's not inside, quote, unquote, the church, if it's outside the church, these um, principles or philosophies will, um, will go with you even in that. So I encourage you to be a part of that on August um, the 12th. And then Bible Institute, we've already had a really good response within uh, the walls of this church to Bible Institute. Uh, it will be August the 22nd will be the start date for that. Um, like I said last week, it could be that once you're taking this class on how to study the Bible, that you would even actually want further instruction on that and a further teaching. And uh, we're connected uh, in a lot of ways with Grace School of Theology. We have 
folks right here within this church who are involved in that ministry. And so if you have, even beyond that, a desire to, to study at a college level, um, that would be available uh, for you as well. So, um, But for us and our purposes with Bible Institute, we are going to be looking at how to study the Bible. You know, how do we do that? Um, there are a lot of different approaches that people tend to have, um, but we want to make sure that when we're approaching the Scriptures that we're coming at it from a historical, contextual, literal, literal, grammatical viewpoint. There are a lot of different viewpoints out there, as you will see when you take the class, but it's very, very important that when we come to God's Word, we honor it for what it says in its context. And there's a meaning and an application to all of our lives. So we want to make sure that we're doing that correctly. And it's not about any one church, but it is about the Lord Jesus Christ and about His Word. And we want to um, be faithful uh, to that. So if you want to sign up for that, there's a sign-up sheet uh, in the foyer. But there's also, um, I know, a, a, something you can pray about in that. And that would be that there would be response within the community. Because that's really why we've set this up. We want people to come and learn how to study the Bible, no matter what church uh, they're coming from. All right? Well, those are the things I wanted to mention this morning. Also, just uh, by way of uh, announcement, uh, David Anderson and myself had an opportunity to go into the Hoover Jail this morning. I think there were 11 or 12 guys uh, there present. David did a tremendous job sharing. And um, just a great opportunity to meet with a bunch of guys there that needed encouragement. So, um Thankful for David and his willingness to go and appreciate Bill and uh, his leadership, Bill White's leadership in that. Well, this morning, um, before we get to our missions time, uh, we're going to have Andrea Stovall, uh, as I call her, Andrea Stovall. She's going to come and she's going to share with us a little bit about kids camp and that week and uh, hopefully it'll encourage you as to what took place. So, Andrea, you come. All right, y'all can go ahead and start playing that slideshow. I did want to make mention about uh, WANA. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer. Uh, if you are coming back to help with WANA, go ahead and sign that sheet. If you're interested in helping with WANA, uh, sign that sheet, and you can come talk to me um, today. If you have uh, any questions about it, I'll be around this afternoon. If you don't know me, there's a lot of new people. I'm Andrea Stovall. I'm the children's director here. I'm usually in this building back here uh, with the kids most Sundays. Um, so if you have questions about Awana, catch me uh, before the end of the month. I'll be going to Uganda for two weeks, and then as soon as I get back, Awana starts. So try to catch me today um, through the end of the month. Um, I'm up here Monday through Thursday, so you can call the church and talk to me. Um, sorry, I just got the slideshow to the guys this morning. So... Uh, we went to kids' camp at Hargis, a Christian camp in Chelsea, Alabama, uh, this uh, two weeks ago. And we went with Naomi and Luke Milam. They're from Bremen. They live in Bremen, Georgia. That's David and Melinda's daughter and son-in-law. They're with New Creation Ministries. And uh, this was our my 10th summer to do kids' camp, uh, but our first summer to uh, join to partner with them, and uh, we had a great week, and the hottest day of the year fell on Thursday. It was hot, um, but we had a great week uh, with the campers. I had some wonderful uh, 
women and men come alongside me to help and some great teen, teen helpers. Um, they were great with the kids and we had 44 kids all week. So Monday through Wednesday morning, we take the kindergarten K-5 through second gra- or third graders and then we bring them back Wednesday morning and we pick up uh, f- fourth through sixth graders and bring them back and we had 30 of those older kids and they we do uh, they have morning devotion we do crafts uh, they do small group bible lessons with them Uh, we eat we watch movie uh, and then we have nighttime uh, teaching and Naomi and I taught the small group on Monday and Tuesday and then we had Van Cook Luke Milam and Thad Blunt came and taught the older group. And uh, the gospel was shared. Uh, our awesome God was our theme, and we talked about the God of creation, um, creating the massive, massive universe. And we talked about God has no end, um, but his creation has end, but he doesn't. And so we just talked about how massive the universe is, but like how small earth is and how small we are but we are the ones that he wants to have a relationship with and um so that was our theme throughout everything even our crafts uh, talked about uh, creation and our creator god and our little group um one of the little girls uh, accepted christ as her savior so that was a really neat um thing that happened this week and her name is chesley so if you will uh, keep her in your prayers. Um, Naomi mentors her through every week um, through her ministry, and um, her home life is not really great. She's being raised by her grandmother, so if you will just pray for her, and I'm thankful that she will be discipled by Naomi, and so keep her in your prayers. And um, there was a young man in the older group. Um, we'll just call him Bob because I'm not going to say his name. Um, but he needs prayer. If you'll just pray for Bob. Um, but that young man needs prayer um, in his life. So he was another one that we need to pray for. So, um, but it was a great, great week. And I'm excited about this new partnership with Luke and Naomi. And uh, so, yeah, it was the, probably one of the best weeks ever we've had at camp. So, anyway. You can see all these wonderful pictures. So, anyway, thank you to my teenagers that came with me. They were the best. And I wish, it, I, I wish we had time I'd show you our skits, but um, that was fun. So, and I did not sleep, but I think I've caught up. It took me all week, but I'm caught up. Are you all caught up? No, some are saying no. All right. Thank y'all. I think that video goes on for 12 minutes. I couldn't, I couldn't cut it. Well, good morning. Uh, this is a worship service, by the way, and uh, we are having a good time seeing what the church does. And that, I think that's kind of exciting to know that um, you know the church is active and is active in us not only just coming together and learning and being together and worshiping but it's also of going and ministering to other people 
And so that's the reason why I picked out a song for us to sing, the song, O Church Arise, and put your armor on. Because, you know, we are in a spiritual warfare, like maybe like we've never been in this country before. And so we're, we're really fighting that battle. And so we as believers need to put that armor on, and we need to be ready not only offensively but defensively. And so that's what we do is, and then so we, we try to instill this in our children, and so we have the kids' camps and everything. And then we uh, kind of build ourselves up by taking advantage of these mission trips and things like that. So it's just a wonderful time that we have together. But anyway, so I wanted to, uh, for us to stand, and let's sing that song, O Church Arise and Put Your Armor On. O church, arise and put your armor on. Hear the call of Christ our captain. For now the weak can say that they are strong in the strength that God has given. With shield of faith and belt of truth, we'll stand against the devil's lies. An army bold whose battle cry is love Reaching out to those in darkness Our call to war, to love the captive soul But to rage against the captor A place that makes the wounded whole we will fight with faith and valor When faced with trials on every side We know the outcome is secure And Christ will have the price for which He died An inheritance of nations Come see the cross As the Son of God is stricken, then see his foes lie crushed beneath his feet. For the conqueror has risen, and as the stone is rolled away, and Christ emerges from the grave, this victory march continues till the day. Every eye for every hurdle that we may run with faith to win the prize of a servant good and faithful as saints of all still find the way retelling triumphs of His grace we hear their calls and hunger for the day when, when Christ will stand in glory. Thank you. You may be seated. Jessica Gilbert is going to come and share with us a song.
don't always understand what your perfect will demands, but I've learned to trust you. Good morning. It's good to see all of you here again. We had a special service during our Sunday school hours. Many of you were here for that. Um, but I wanted to tell you a little bit about missions. 
you may know about it. I know we've got some people that have not been here very long and might not know about it. Missions is a very important part here at Grace Community Church. Um, we think that that is one of our major foundational uh, beliefs that missions is what God wants us here for. Now, that can take many different forms. It can be giving money, which is certainly something this congregation has been very faithful at, and it allows us to support, I can't even remember how many missionaries we're supporting now, I think it's 41 or 42. Um, but it also allows us to be able to send teams out. We were not able to do that for a couple of years because of the pandemic. But this year we've had teams gone to four different locations already, and that's what we're reporting on today. But I wanted to encourage you to participate in missions in other ways as well. Always you can pray for us. Pray for the missionaries, that they're um, bold and that they have opportunities to speak, that they're wise in how they approach things, that God provides their finances, that God encourages them. And we can do that as well through notes or letters to them. They always appreciate that. Um, my wife is very faithful to every missionary we have to send them birthday cards. And they just love it. Or to send them anniversary cards or congratulations. So that's something that you could take up as well if you like. Um, we had reports this morning from uh, the team that went to Portugal. And I don't think there's very many people there here that have ever been there. Uh, we had a team report that went to Belize and served there. And it's interesting on these teams, you think about a missions trip, and you can think about a lot of different things that happen on the trips. Some of it is ministry-related, working with kids, uh, going out on the streets and giving out the gospel, uh, having meetings with people and discussing one-on-one -on -one about Jesus and what that means. You can also have trips that are kind of work trips where you go out and help with repainting something, construction, or uh, B was telling us about these ceiling tiles he had to put in, and he kind of lost his faith a few times. <laughs> and, uh, or he had a little trouble, let's put it that way. But uh, it was a great, great uh, to hear from those two teams. It's encouraging. And to see the people that wanted to go and... Uh, I would encourage you to think about your walk with the Lord. If you're walking close with him day by day, you get directions. You get pushes and urges and things that he might want you to do. Think about whether he might want you to go on one of these trips. Now, we've, we're not having, we've got four more trips already set up this year. And if you would like to go next year, be praying about that. There's some financial investment involved. If it's the first mission trip you've been on, the the missions committee has funds to help support you. Um, if you've been on a trip before and you don't have the funds, come and talk to us. We may not give you anything, but uh, we might have funds to be able to do that. I want to read something real quick, and then we'll get uh, the first team up here. You can look in your Bible, if you like, in Luke 10. Um, this was just a great passage. I, I, I think about this at times. I, I know that we saw, uh, we've watched the uh, uh, 
the Chosen series, and there was a point in there where Jesus sent out his disciples. He told them all the things they were going to do, miracles. And they sat there like, who, us? And I think we need to think about that as well. Luke 10, starting at verse 1. Now after this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them out in pairs ahead of him in every city and place where he himself was going to come. And he was saying to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And you can read on and see all the different instructions he gives them. And I could just imagine them being shocked. We're not taking any money. We're not taking an extra cloak. We're not supposed to take anything. But do what he tells us. And that's what they did. I think that's just a great encouragement for us. And it's interesting, too, he didn't say, Vivian Mitchell, go out and witness to people uh, by yourself. I think these guys didn't know how to do what he wanted them to do. They went out in pairs and encouraged each other. These teams are kind of like that. You might be asked to go on a team where they are ministering to people, uh, children's ministry or to having a ministry with young adults or with older adults. And how do I do that? I've never done anything like that. Well, when we've got other people with you and the Lord there too, uh, you can be very encouraged about what you do and not have to worry so much about it uh, like we tend to. Well, all right, let's, um, let's have our first group get started. We had a team go to Rio Grande Bible Institute down in deep south Texas near the border and uh, I don't think they had any major problems. Dean, why don't you come up? Or Dean, or Ron's going to do it? Okay. And he'll tell us about it. Well, I'd like to invite the team, team to come on up here and uh, let's let you, you know, see who the ones are going to go and uh, so then we'll be able to uh, Mark, why don't you put that on number two for back there, for the back, for the monitor, for the monitor there, please. There we go. There we go. Are we all here? There we go. Okay, good. Uh, this is the team that went to, uh, uh, to Rio Grande down in uh, Texas on Saturday, May 20th, 2023. Uh, team, this team of 10 people here loaded up our church van and we headed for McAllen, Texas, for this short-term mission trip. Our destination was the Rio Grande Bible Institute, or let's just refer to RGBI after this point, okay? RGBI was where uh, uh, Dean and Linda Self and, and a very young family at the time spent eight months studying and preparing uh, for to be missionaries uh, in Bolivia. And... Um, just a few years ago, uh, after they had served many years in Bolivia, they were invited to come back and, and to teach in, in RGBI. Uh, Dean and Linda led this team here, led this team with the goal of doing just whatever we could do uh, to help with some preparation work for the upcoming semester. And you see, the, at this time, the vast majority of the students were away on their own short-term mission trips, and some of them had returned home to visit with their families during this particular break. Uh, 
And there were really very few students that were uh, on campus at the time. And uh, only the professors and some staff were there. And they would have had to do a lot of work there uh, that would be necessary to prepare for the students to return. So that's the reason why we went. We really went, though, and we really had no idea uh, exactly what we were going to be asked to do. All we knew was that there had been this extremely large donation of um, Spanish Christian reference books to, to, RG, uh, to RGBI, 40,000 volumes to be, <laughs> to be exact. And so we knew that that was, and, and this was going to be added to their already large uh, library. And by the way, RGBI already has one of the largest uh, Spanish evangelical libraries in the U.S., if not in the world. Um, when planning for that, we had the perfect person to deal with this because uh, it was an extremely large task that we were not going to be able to accomplish at all, but we could at least get them started. Jan Bradley, who is part of our team, who has worked for many years in the library down at UAB, uh, God had prepared her to be a part of this team through those years of service. And that's what she would have wanted to share with She's not going to share with you in a minute, but she would have wanted to share that that's what, that's what impacted her, was that God had prepared for her to do that. Um, but, you know, but sometimes God calls us to stretch ourselves and to uh, do service that, you know, may not exactly be in our comfort zone. Missionaries have to go through that. But everybody on this team, they buckled down and they worked hard to do whatever we were asked to do. So, in a sense, that was what our mission was. Uh, many of our mission trips are designed for us to go and to share our testimonies, to work with children or things like that with the, with the particular people in, in another culture. Ours was just a little bit different. We had the opportunity to listen to testimonies of how God had called these people into service in the tremendous sacrifices that they made in order to come to RGBI to, to train, um, to train to take the gospel back to their own culture. And we found out that even it was even they were going to take it to even other cultures. Uh, so in other words, they're becoming more mission-minded themselves. Um, Many of these students have answered the call and have paid a steep price. As many families in these different cultures do not, do not give these individuals their blessing. Uh, and they even turn their backs on them, many of them. We're going to show you a PowerPoint, which will explain the work that we did and a little more information about RGBI. After that, we're going to hear from Courtney Cooper, Aida uh, Anderson, and June Nacion. By the way, June is short for junior because you don't want to know what his full name is. You'll never be able to do it. But that, that, that was a thrill to be able to go with him. But anyway, these people are going to come, and they're going to share with you the impact this trip made on them. Then after that, we're going to follow up, and Dean and Linda are going to come, and they're going to open it up for a Q&A session or, or whatever you know, they would like to share. So, PowerPoint, here we go.
this was my first mission, missions trip, and um, it was really great. I enjoyed it. I made friends with everybody on the team, which was also great to come back and have some new um, friends here. I was most impacted by the pastor who went and ministered or is a missionary in Cuba. I learned about communism in high school, but then I never really thought about it or heard about it again. And it's really heartbreaking to hear about the circumstances and livelihood that these people live in. And it just made me realize how blessed I am here in the United States and what we have and oftentimes take for granted. Um, he goes, he's a pastor and he ministers to other pastors there in Cuba who then minister to other pastors and it's a trickle down effect where they just um, really disciple other people and bring more and more people to Christ. And they can't have too many people. They don't have a lot of churches and they can't build more churches. So they can only have about 20 people in their houses at a time. So that's why there's a need for pastors to teach other pastors to teach other pastors so God's word can get out there. I was left with two questions from this trip and it was, what am I doing to serve the Lord and who am I telling about Christ? Because that's what we're here to do. We're called to share God's word and it just really left me thinking about, well, what am I doing to actually make that happen? I'm oh, sorry. Buenos dias. <laughs> um, for us, my kids and I, um, as you guys know, or some of you may know, we were missionaries in Honduras, so for us it was, um, uh, we weren't sure what we were going to do, right? What, what God was going to do with us there at Rio Grande. My family uh, is from the Rio Grande uh, area, so I hadn't been back in um, that area since 2006, um, and so it'd been a while. Uh, I was born near the area where we went to, Edinburgh, where Westlaco is right connected to it. So I was familiar with the area. Um, but seeing the young, uh, young adults that were there at RGBI was, was a blessing. Um, I asked my children, you know, what did you guys, how were you impacted by this mission trip? Um, and they said just hearing how how the young uh, group of guys that we heard their testimony, um, how they came to Christ and all they had to go through to, to get to RGBI. A lot of times we don't think about what people go through um, because we do have it so easily here. It's so easy here for us to just serve the Lord or, or not, right? And there's so many, there so many around the world that desire to, to grow, um, but don't have the funds or don't have a way to, to, to get there. They don't even know where to begin. And RGBI allows that um, for these group of men and women who, who have that desire. And praise God for them, because like um, Ron was saying, there's so many that are going to be missionaries around the world. Uh, while we were there, we saw, or we heard of the kids, I call them kids because they're much younger, the young adults that were going to different parts of the world, Africa, uh, and these are kids that um, had never gone out of the country until they got to RGBI. You know, they flew from their country to RGBI, 
Um, and then now they're going to another continent altogether. You know, uh, I met a young lady who was from Honduras and um, she hadn't been home in almost two years. And so she, she missed being home. And all she knew was Tegucigalpa, Honduras, and that's all she knew. Uh, but now she's away from home, thousands of miles away from home, and, um, and is growing in the Lord. And she, her, in a week or so, they were going to Africa. You know, she, I'm like, what are you going to do in Africa? She's like, I don't know. I'm kind of scared. Cause <laughs> she said, but, God, but the Lord is going to be with us. And, and um, that was just a blessing um, to, to see the trust, you know, just the, the faith that, that was growing in them. Um, so that was what our family learned, and we, we were impacted by them. Good morning. Yeah, we started our journey going to Edinburgh by having prayer, and I remember that it was Eddie who prayed for us. And it was very important to me as a pastor to begin with prayer because I believe that we can do all things through Christ, strengthening us. And as a result of that, we have a wonderful, wonderful trip going to Edinburgh. We don't meet anything that would harm us or something. When we reached Edinburgh, and particularly in the campus of Rio Grande Institute, we, we circled, the, the vehicle circled around the campus, and then as we went down in the vehicle, I then asked me, Pastor Nation, what can you say about this, the facilities of this uh, Bible college or institute? And I said to him, it is A class, number one. You know, I've been in many places in the Philippines, like Bible colleges and seminaries. And that place is really number one. And when I say that, I am not praising people, but I am praising deeply in my heart to God. You know why? Because I know that that facilities is number one as for me. Because God touches the heart of people to contribute in order to make that facilities for this young Bible student to be trained and to be equipped in the ministry. Now, I've been in training into this humble state of my life. Maybe you will not believe me. I produce many pastors in our ministry in the Philippines. So, I have my impression of, of the facilities of the building, but I have a tremendous impression of the people down there. They, we were very similar, you know, not only in our features, but also in our culture. So as if I am in the Philippines when I went there. Because 90%, if I'm not mistaken, were Mexican there. And, you know, we called hermana and hermano. We use that word in the Philippines also. So when I saw this guy, I said, hermano, hermana. 
And they are very warm. So we work together. I work together with the steam. And the landscaping is the toughest thing that we do. <laughs> yeah, we sweat a lot under the heat of the sun. And then I remember Dean told me, are you now suffering with Jesus? <laughs> and I said, yes. And it is a privilege for me to, do, to have that. And then I think one of the best things that I did was encouraging the, these young people to pursue this dream to be in the ministry. There are two guys whom I talk with, and their plan is to be a missionary in a Muslim country. That's why I, su- I suggested you can go in the Philippines. We have so many Muslim in there, and also in Indonesia. And when I encourage um, these young people to be in the ministry, I kind of look at them in their very eyes. With a, I don't know, but I, I am thinking that in a small or short pers- per, uh, persuasive way, I could encourage them. So, I am hoping that, and I'm thinking and hoping that everything that we did is through God's will and through God's strength and through God's grace. Thank you. I just want to say one thing for, and then we'll do a quick Q&A. That's so true what he was saying about encouraging people. The Rio Grande is also... Um, a language school. Ron mentioned we went there for preparation. We learned, started learning Spanish there. And it was so exciting to see some of the new students that, have, that are in the language school also. And we were able to encourage them too. I know you talked to one of them that will be doing their second semester after they come back. And it's, it's hard when you, if you've never had a foreign language before or very little. And we just were able to encourage them, keep going. We, we did it, and we, you know, that God used us in Bolivia for 20 years, and you can do it too, you know, just keep on doing it. And also the uh, man that, um, the professor that Courtney mentioned, Pastor Gutierrez, he was one of our instructors. He was our phonetics instructor in language school in 1984. And just to see him continue, you know, sometimes you can start well in ministry and not end well. He is finishing well. He's at his age still going to Cuba to minister there and doing other ministries. I think he does a hospice ministry also in Edinburgh. And that was real encouragement to us to just, you know, keep it going. So thank you so much for praying and helping us go. Let me just say something before, if you have a question, I would be glad to answer it. But no one receives any salary. Uh, All of the professors are doctorates. uh, And they go there, they go, they are missionaries and they receive support from churches like this. And they, uh, so none of the professors receive any salary from there. That's what keeps the price so low so that, People from lower, you know, uh, lower the lower statuses of of uh, their countries uh, can come uh, to a Rio Grande Bible Institute and get a quality four year degree 
uh, without having to spend a lot of money. They also, all of the, all of the, uh, the students work every afternoon, so that helps pay off their cost of what small amount they have to pay. So that's a little of, of a what uh, RGBI uh, does there. Uh, if anyone has a, a question, we'd be glad to answer. I think I could talk loud enough. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was asking, how many different languages are used there? Uh, uh, the the uh, teaching is in Spanish. It's all in Spanish. But people come from different areas, especially like in Guatemala, where that Spanish is their second language. So a lot of people, uh, you know, speak Kachi and other languages like that. But all of the classes are done in Spanish. But I think when we were there teaching, there was like 26 different countries represented there. You know, so they come from all over Latin America and Spain. Hey, Dean and Linda, what is the um, population? I mean, how many students, you know, what's the enrollment? And um, how many have graduated? Just some history on the numbers there. Uh, okay, uh, thanks. Uh, they, uh, um, uh, right now, there's right around 250 to 300 students there. And uh, uh, they have been, um, uh, the Bible Institute has been there since the 40s, I think, isn't that right? Uh, am I wrong with that? And they have had graduating classes since then. So, so they will have uh, somewhere around 30 or 40 graduates every year. And they, the, uh, this last, I was asking them about this. They have different uh, areas, but uh, the missions uh Class, uh, the missions uh, major is the major one, and 80% of the students are their desire is to be missionaries to the Muslim world, and uh, so I can really see how God is putting His hand on the Hispanic people to take the gospel to the Muslim world. Okay. Thank you very much, and uh, we enjoy it. Hopefully, we can go next year. So while I'm talking, I'm going to ask the uh, team that went to uh, Exeter, England to uh, uh, join me up here. Um, let's see. They may have to train me a little bit here on how to use the, the pointer here. But just uh, very briefly, uh, this is part of the team. We uh, joined up with a couple of other churches, some other folks um, from here in the Birmingham area and then from over in the Atlanta area. Uh, we had a team of about 11 people that were uh, at the church. This is my second trip to uh, this particular church in Exeter. And I uh, went last year with uh, my daughter Natalie. We said the church wasn't, hadn't started yet, but we were all excited. And why it was, hey, we're ready to get these go teams going. So uh, we said, okay, we'll go ahead and head on over with this new church. Uh, this year it was great. We got to uh, go back and uh, visit with these same people and to be able to... Um, 
take some new folks here on the team, too. So very briefly, if you don't know where Exeter is, it's about three and a half hours from London. Uh, the, uh, it's down in the, you can barely see that little arrow down at the bottom down there. It's at the lower uh, left corner there of the uh, country of England. Uh, we have another group that's going to be going to the U.K., uh, in September from here at our church, and uh, we have uh, there's three folks that are going to be part of that team too, and they're going to be almost on the opposite end of the, of the country. They're going to be way up at the top, very close to the top in the Isle of Skye, so up in Scotland. So we're excited. We're kind of spreading out and going all into different places here in the country. So let's see if I move this like this. Okay, well, we've got this button here, but which one do I push? <laughs> I skipped the training session, sorry. Oh, it's not on. That helps. Okay. <laughs> glowing, glowing lights is the first indication the thing is actually functioning here, so this is great. So I zoomed in here a little bit, so now you can see London. Uh, and the uh, Stonehenge, some of y'all might have heard of that thing before. It's about halfway in between the two, so you see it on your way if you're uh, there, on the, uh, there on the highway. So anyway, uh, whoops, this is our team. If you can uh, see us all there, this is everyone that's here. Uh, we, these slides, are, we'll be kind of moving through these. We're not actually trying to do a true slide show, but we're going to show a lot of shots uh, everyone here on this team is a talkative person. You know, some of the groups have gotten up here. Some people are a little more microphone shy than others. We have a very uh, outgoing and outspoken group here on this, which is good because of the kind of activities that we do on these trips. So this is a mission-oriented trip where we're going in, we're supporting the churches there, uh, giving them a little bit of a boost in their community to be able to share the gospel with the people uh, there in Exeter. Uh, Exeter, you might say, oh, England, oh, yeah, that's kind of like working trustful. That's not going to be too big of a problem. No, 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 big, big difference between England and the United States. Uh, many of the people over there are not saved. As a matter of fact, uh, Christians only represent just a very small percentage of the population of England these days. Many of the Christians that are there are in the Church of England, and there's very little discipleship going on. So an evangelical church like the St. Thomas Baptist is a very unique situation to be involved in. So what we try to do is we actually go out and go around to, uh, we pick out a section of the community and we go out and we pass out Gospels of John. Uh, the church actually went out and got a bunch of them out, but we also uh, passed out more of them. And then we go back and try to meet and talk to the people door to door, which we'll, you will get to hear a little bit more about from the, from the team members. So anyway, that's kind of what we're doing there. We also plan certain events during the week, which you'll get to hear some about, that we try to use as a driving factor to bring people back into the church or to bring people to these events where they can then hear from the Christians and kind of hear what we're all about. Because again, a lot of people over there really don't know any Christians. So they might have heard of them, but they really don't know what's going on. So uh, we go into some areas that might not be the typical uh, situation that you might have around here. Uh, one of the main events that we do is a family fun day on Saturday. So it's the, the second uh, weekend that we're there on the trip. And so we really uh, drive that particular event. We were able to get a lot of the younger people, a lot of the kids to come into it. And you'll see pictures on that. So, Glyneth, I'm going to ask if you'll come up first and speak. She's got some particular slides. They've already got this thing on for you. So I think you can use these arrows right here. So, Yay. It works. Thank you. Hi, everyone. I'm Glyneth Monkis. 
So I'm actually opening my um, notes that I took when, when I was there. I had to write things down because, you know, when you're traveling, you, you tend to forget things because you're thinking about a lot of other stuff. So um, when Robbie said, you have to talk for about five minutes, I said, you know, about the whole thing for five minutes? Um, so, yeah, so I wrote down a few things that I wanted to talk to you guys about. So I'm part of the missions committee. Um, been, been part of the, the committee since we joined the church at Deerfoot in 2006. And um, I grew up as a pastor's kid, so we've had a lot of mission, mission trip in the Philippines. But I've never been on the go team. I've always been on the receiving team. So this was really amazing and um, very different, I guess, on, on a different perspective. So I was, um, I was part of the, of the team that went to Exeter, and um, I'm going to go ahead and talk about this picture. So one of the things that I was thinking, you know, Filipinos are everywhere. You'll, you'll meet them. You go on a cruise, and you'll, you'll see a lot of Filipinos. So I was thinking, well, I'll probably meet some Filipinos in there. And I was hoping that I get to do that, and I know I did. And um, the great thing about it is that um, she is married to a British. So it's kind of like very similar to um, Daryl and I. And um, she keeps inviting me to her house. I said, yeah, sure, I'll go. But... Um, I'm, I'm so used to the American culture, you know, it's like you visit, you just stay for about five to ten minutes, that's it. Well, um, so we visited her house before the Sunday service, and she was, like, making dinner. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I forgot in the Filipino hospitality, you got you to gotta stay. So anyways, we, we came back after service, and we talked to the family and, and um, her husband, and we talked to her a little bit. Um, in the Philippines, she is part of a very charismatic church um, almost a wellness prosperity, health and wellness prosperity church. So we had a really great visit. We got to encourage her and, and her husband. And um, she is about just seven minutes away from the church. So that was um, a great thing. I'm hoping that because she doesn't know how to drive yet, that I'm hoping that she gets to, um, to come and just, you know, walk to the church. She already brings her, to her toddler, to the toddler, um, to the toddler group at that church. So on the way, um, on the way back to our host, um, she told us that she was really glad that um, we get to meet. And then her husband also said that it was a great visit because they were really struggling as a couple. It's, I, I know some of you know that um, being married anyways is, strugg- is a struggle, but when you have to deal with immigration and not knowing how to drive and all of that stuff, it just adds um, to, the, to the stress. So the, um, the husband, Jonathan, said... Um, he wasn't really sure, you know, what they're going to do, but um, us coming was just really what, what they needed, so, so that was good. Um, when I was, um, earlier I was listening to the, other, to the other presentation, and I was thinking, um, what am I going to say, and then what I'm going to do? Um, one of the things that I heard, I think it's Joe, and he said, you know, you come there hoping that you are a blessing or that you are an encouragement, but you actually come back, um, more encouraged and more blessing. So that was good. Um, okay. Um, so yes, yeah, so this is our um, the picture on on the left side. Um, she is our host. She is eighty years old and she moves a lot faster than me and Daryl. <laughs> she and um, so she she was really gracious to us and it was um, she she be- became a believer when she was young as well. And she and her husband has has worked at and served with uh, St. Thomas Baptist Church. Um, pretty much um, all their lives, and um, she was an encouragement to me as well. Another thing that I want to um, I want to 
I guess, style before my five minutes is over. Um, it's just, it was just really great opportunity to just, to just be spontaneous, to not think so much about what am I going to say, you know, um, okay, how many believers get, or how many people get saved today? Um, once, once I let go of that, you know, like the order of things, it was, you were, it was a lot more of a blessing to me than, than, um, than what I expected. So this lady over here, um, we were, this was Friday, our last day, we were just walking, and I think one of the guys saw her first, and, um, she was just on the bus, and, um, and again, one of those perfect examples of God bringing, um, bringing you just at the right moment, the right time. So um, I get to pray for her. So that's one of the things that I really love about this trip is that you just pray. You don't say, hey, I'm going to go pray for you. And then we do that all the time, right? And it's like, I'm going to pray for you, but then you forget. You don't really pray. So what, what we did there is that, yeah, we just pray at the moment. When you say, I'm going to pray for you, instead of saying that, just say, can I pray for you right now? And most of them will say, will say yes. So we get to pray for this lady and... And I think it was Amanda. She said when you were praying, Glenath, she was just like looking at you. So I hope it was a, it was a good look. Um, another thing that I really got to enjoy to do is um, go to a school. So for those of you who doesn't know, I'm a school teacher. I, I teach um, high school students. Um, so I really was hoping that I get to go with this team. Um, we were not allowed to do photos. All of the all of the activities where children are involved, like the toddler days, the kids days on Fridays, and even this one, we are not allowed to take photos. So um, really enjoyed that, and I know Natalie will will say a little bit about that too. And I'm looking for yeah. So this is um, this is Anne. She is uh, one of the leaders of a, a program called Initiative in Christian Education. So they get to go to public schools. Public schools, they have release days about the last 15 minutes of, of the day. Um, they get to go to the schools and they get to talk about um, the church, about the Bible, about Jesus. And on the day that we were there, she talked about com- the community of believers, of Christians all around the world. She also talked about her mission trip to Korea. And um, these this children, they were just sitting in the gym on the floor, lined up in their uniform, reminds me of, of the Philippines as well. Um, when we got there, they all stood up simultaneously without being told good morning, um, good afternoon. So again, um, that, that structure of, of how it is just kind of like what um, Holly t- said about um, the children in, in Belize. They, they were just listening. So they are just so eager to listen. So we, we got to talk um, about that. So um, lastly, I want to talk to this side of the group, the younger ones. One of the common things that I hear when we were doing door-to-door in England is that, yes, I, want to go, I used to go to church. My grandma used to go. Um, she would take me. My dad or my mom, yeah, I used to go to church. But I got tired because it was just pushed on me. It was just a religion. It was so um, routine. It was ritualistic. So they never really feel that church is a family to them. So if you're here, you're a kid, you're a young person, you're a teenager, and your mom yelled at you this morning saying you were going to church or no, you're going to go to church, I'm hoping and my prayer is that um, someday, it is not, or not someday, now or soon, is that church is going to be yours too, that it is going to be really your faith and that... Um, you're going to own it, that you're not going to feel that it's just imposed on you or that it is just um, something that your mom and dad drag you to do. So I'm hoping that you also get that um, personal relationship with Jesus, 
that we shared with everybody that we talked to at, at this church and in the community so that someday you are not going to say, oh, church is just imposed on me or it's just a religion. Hopefully it is a personal relationship with Jesus with you. So, yep, thank you. Daryl's going to come up next. That's a tough act to follow. You've got to follow your wife. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I just want to first of all thank you know all of here at Grace for partnering with us with your, your resources, uh, your, your prayer, your time, and committing to that, you know, for this mission. You know, Gleneth and I hope and pray that, you know, we'll once again have the opportunity to, to fellowship uh, person to person with the, the believers that are there in Exeter, uh, as well as assist them in uh, evangelism and outreach. So, uh, no slides for me, so, uh, but just a few remarks. So, uh, the Apostle Paul wrote to Philippians, not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek the profit which increases to your account. So, Paul didn't need the money. I didn't seek the gift. I seek the profit that increases to your account. Uh, when you give your time, you give your prayer, you give your resources, God records it in heaven. So we want to thank you as members and those that committed to do these things for us as we had the privilege of going and sharing the gospel with the people there in Exeter. So uh, our first Sunday of worship, Gleneth and I were very blessed and privileged to be able to share our testimonies uh, to very different people from different parts of the world, and uh, there were many believers there who remarked uh, that they really appreciated us sharing and that they felt encouraged. Uh, matter of fact, we had another couple who uh, had some similarities. One was British and the other one was Iranian couple. So uh, they were a pleasure to meet and to fellowship with. So uh, as I put this together and just reflected on, you know, what was I going to say, I got two things. That's it. So uh, as for our work, you know, there. Uh, first, there's you know been a lot of discussion in recent times about methods of approach to evangelism. You know uh, whether we should be as intentional as knocking on doors. Well, this is not anything new. Man has uh, always been hostile to the truth of God. Uh, you could see Cain and Abel goes back pretty far. So uh, it's addressed in New Testament scripture multiple times, and I won't repeat all the verses because Matthew addressed it, Luke addressed it, Mark addressed it. I'll, uh, I'll go to Mark since we just recently went through Mark in my class. So Mark says this, Mark 6, uh, 11, and whosoever shall not receive you, not hear you, when ye depart thence, shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. You know, when the Jews, they would leave Gentile territory, they would symbolically shake off the feet and uh, shake the Gentile dust from their feet because they regarded the Gentiles as unclean people. 
And now Jesus is telling his disciples when they go to a Jewish town and the Jewish people do not you know, receive the message about Jesus being the Messiah, that they are to shake off the dust off their feet because that means that they are without the Messiah, indeed unacceptable to God. And we also see this in Acts 13 where Paul shook off the dust from his feet when he left the city of Antioch. And uh, also in Acts 18 where he left Corinth, he did the same thing because they had rejected his message. So my question to all of you here, how do you handle rejection? We don't like it, do we? Um, you know, our, our, our mission's a lot different than some of the others that we've seen. You know, we, uh, some of the missions were service-oriented. You know, we were, in a, we were in a, not in a third-world country. I mean, uh, we went, our main focus was evangelism and outreach, and no one likes rejection, but be of good cheer. <laughs> it happened to all the disciples, and it happened to the Messiah rejected, strung up on a cross for you. So uh, I had the privilege of going out, you know, in groups with different members of people multiple days. One day I actually went, my wife and I went and shared. Uh, I went with Wyatt, and Wyatt has much experience in ministering in the U.K., decades of experience. I was with him one day. Uh, I was with several other members, Bethany and I. Had a, went out a day going door to door, and and God used all of it. So, um, it, we had in total twenty. What I heard, and it may have changed, but I know at one point there was a total of twenty-two people of all the doors we visited. Uh, they're big on privacy, okay. In, in England, okay, so you can't write names down or whatever unless they give you permission and, and addresses and such. But there were 22 individuals who indicated that they wanted some follow-up from St. Thomas uh, Baptist Church. And uh, so we, uh, we took their name down when we had uh, individuals who were, you know, told us that they, they wanted follow-up. So, but we had a lot of varying responses. Uh, we had the cold response. Uh, uh, when asked if he had received John's gospel in the mail, one man replied, yes, and I threw it in the garbage. Okay, let's just say that that was a very quick encounter. Uh, no need to stay there. Uh, we just moved on. We shook off the dust. Okay, uh, we had the lukewarm response. Uh, there were many encounters where you could tell that they weren't really interested in the gospel. Uh, but they wanted to be hospitable to these uh, Yanks who just talked a little bit different than they do. Uh, and uh, they would like to chat about secular things and other things. Uh, so we were kind, and we would let the Spirit lead in the conversations, and yet inevitably we shook off the dust. Uh, and then we had others who not only wanted to talk, but they were much more receptive to the gospel. As a matter of fact, Bethany Mitchell, Mitchell and I had a, a very warm reception from a gentleman named Derek. So if you would pray for Derek, uh, he indicated that he wanted follow-up with the church. So very warm uh, 
conversation, and we were very blessed by that. So if you would, pray for Derek. So, But we live in a time where we need to be more intentional with the gospel. Uh, wickedness, barren philosophies abound. Uh, and I believe that fruit from come from any approach that we take, whether it be spontaneous, door-to-door approach, or a relational approach, as long as we do it in humility and with the leading of the Holy Spirit, not being forceful. Um, one of the things I appreciated, I had a, the privilege of being on the ground with an Englishman. Uh, his name was Jeff Bright, and we, we were a very good combination. He loved going out with me, and I, I, I really enjoyed being with him. I think you feel a bit of comfort when you're in a setting like that with someone who's a local. So, but, uh, you know, oftentimes we say, you know, hey, you know, when, when it comes to evangelism, you know, I, I prefer the relational approach. But, you know, that can very easily be an excuse, too, for uh, not actively and intentionally sharing the gospel. Uh, one thing I appreciate in being with Wyatt and seeing him move around, just little things, when you would go and leave a tip at a, a place where you went to eat, having an evangelism track there to leave with the server. Just little things that you can incorporate into your everyday life where you can get the message of the gospel out. Uh, Gleneth and I took note of that, and we thought that that is something we need to do and incorporate uh, in our lives is being intentional with the gospel. So even in ways that are non-threatening. It's not always verbal, So, but in how you treat others. So, uh, But uh, I believe God will honor it as long as it's done with humility and sincerity. So uh, uh, secondly, the second thing, okay, I, I noted a particular custom that was much different than our custom here in America uh, in, in talking about the congregation there at St. Thomas Baptist Church. Without fail, uh, Pastor Stephen would dismiss the congregation at the close of the church service. And however, when that happened, no one would immediately get up out of their seat and head for the exit doors. Everyone sat there. And then they began to fellowship. So perhaps as we meet together today uh, after church and uh, a time of fellowship, maybe we can reflect on that because as Americans, we are very agenda-oriented and event-oriented. So uh, believers there would customarily hang out over a cup of tea or coffee. Uh, And uh, I would like to close with the charge that uh, the author of the Hebrews had in uh, Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. And let's consider how to encourage one another in love and good deeds, not abandoning our own, our meeting together, as is the habit of some people, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Uh, we're to persevere in our faith, and as Christians, we're commanded to love one another. And there's nowhere that this should be more evident than amongst the members of the body of Christ. And we're to stimulate one another to remain faithful to the Lord. And this kind of affection 
is the product of communing together and it cannot be practiced in seclusion from the body of Christ. So I just wanted to reflect on that two things. Uh, Thank you again for the privilege of being able to go and for your prayers. So. I forgot, y'all. So um, Eddie mentioned that we support about 42 missionaries and um, the Belize team, and they also, um, even with the Rio Grande team, one of the really great thing about doing mission trips and, and going with your missionary that you support is that you get to know these missionaries. Um, that's our strength at Grace Community Church. We do not just support mission organizations. We support our missionaries, not just financially, but but by getting to know them and our personal relationships with them. So that's one of the great things. I got to know Wyatt and Vicky. Vicky is a hoot, y'all. You know, so sometimes you think missionary wives are just like very, very formal and laid back. But yeah, Vicky is, is really an amazing um, lady as well. So um, that, that was one of the highlights of, of doing this, of going on a mission, a short-term mission trip. So that, that relationships and just getting to know the missionaries that we support. I need y'all to help me out. If every one of you will just close your eyes and pretend to be a five, six, or seven-year-old for the next few minutes, my heart will quit pounding and you'll put me in my comfort zone. (laughs) Um, When God started opening the door for me to go on this trip, that was my first concern. Lord, this is not my comfort zone. I may be knocking on 30 to 40 doors a day and you want me to share the gospel. And that was, I'll just be honest, it was terrifying. So, but I thought back and I started looking at verses and I thought about Mark, um, let me look at my notes so I don't tell you wrong. Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And then I looked at Matthew 9, 37, where the Lord said to his disciples, the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. And then my favorite verse which we've already heard this morning, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So as I looked at those verses, started feeling pretty guilty. Lord, scared's not an excuse. Um, get it together, trust the Lord. And so that's what I did. I started praying. I said, Lord, in my power, I am very weak and very inadequate. But if you take me as an empty vessel and you fill me up, you can help me do everything that's glorifying to you throughout this week. So that's what I began to pray. And I also prayed, you know, I kept thinking, comfort zone, comfort zone. This would be so much easier if I was in my comfort zone. And many of you who know me know my tears flow frequently. God gave me the gift of mercy. So for me, that means my heart's full, my eyes water a whole lot. So I also began to pray to God. I thought, when my tears come, because I know they will, Will you please speak through my tears? And I asked him to stretch me. Um, And what I mean by that is I didn't want to have any control. I wanted to walk off that plane. And know that God had me. That it was in his hands and that I could do it. When I prayed that prayer and I shared with Robbie, he said, maybe you should have let me know you prayed that prayer. Because before we ever made it across the pond, the Lord stretched me. 
That plane was supposed to leave at 4 o'clock on June the 17th. We were supposed to arrive in London on Saturday after, or Saturday around noon, get over that jet lag, and be ready to meet up at the worship service on Sunday morning. Didn't happen that way. Got to the airport, um, flight was delayed, mechanical difficulties, got to the runway, the storms hit, sat on the runway so long that the gas, the gas ran low in the plane, we had to go back to the gate and start all over again. So six hours later, then the flight was supposed to leave, we finally left Birmingham. Made it to Dallas at midnight, had a gourmet dinner at the 7-Eleven, and in the same clothes that we were wearing on Friday, we finally made it to London on Sunday around noon. So suddenly, you know, we're disappointed because we didn't make it to that service that we wanted to be at on Sunday morning. And then on top of that, our luggage didn't make it either. Um, seven days later, my luggage finally found me. Now, ladies, you sit here and look at me and you think, that's a nightmare. Why would you share a nightmare with us? But remember, I prayed for him to stretch me. So it was an answer to prayer. Uh, that's all I could relate it to. Um, so I wanted to share with you, hopefully without tears, two stories that happened as far as us knocking on the door. I was teamed up with Brian, and he and I made a pretty good team. We, his weaknesses were my strengths, and my strengths were not a lot at that point, I didn't think. So we knocked on that first door, and this mom opened the door, and she looked really, really frazzled. And I know a lot of y'all have experienced that before. And she looked at me, and she said, it, we're just in the middle of a meltdown. And she looked down at her little girl, who was about seven or eight years old. So suddenly I squatted down, asked the little girl her name, and I said, do you like bouncy houses? Do you like playing games? What's your favorite, hamburgers or hot dogs? And her face started, she got a smile on her face. And so I looked at her and I said, if you ask your mom really, really nice, maybe she'll bring you to the family fun day on Saturday. And I said, if you make it to the fun day, then you come find me, and we're going to do all of these fun things together. And so that allowed that mom to catch her breath for a few minutes, and you could see her kind of relax. And then Brian's strength, his strengths kicked in because he then started sharing with the mom his testimony and what God had done in his life. And like Daryl said, a lot of these doors... People cut you off really quick. But all of a sudden, you see this lady, and she's interested in listening. And so he talked with her. The conversation went really well. And as we walked off, all I could think was, Lord, you put me in my comfort zone. You gave me that kid to talk to. So to move on, as my tears are starting to flow, to the, another afternoon. We knock on a door, and um, most of the time, if a lady answered the door, I would introduce us, and if a man answered the door, Brian would introduce us. So this lady answers the door, and I quickly introduce her, and the funny thing is, is, you know, they always were ready to listen some because we sounded funny to them. They liked our accents. We loved theirs. But the first words out of her mouth were, I'm terminally ill. And I sat there a second, and I thought, Whew. Lord, she needs you now, not tomorrow, but now. And so Brian and I started just sharing how God had saved us. 
and that he was the great physician. He was the healer. He was the person that could bring her peace, could bring her comfort. And all we got back was just a blank look. So you're thinking, okay, Lord, what do we, what do we say now? And um, so Brian began to pray with her. Or he asked her first. He said, could I pray with you? And she agreed. Still kind of just not much of emotion at all there. And he prayed the most wonderful prayer. And as he did, the tears began to flow uncontrollably. And by the time he got to the amen, the tears were still flowing. I was trying to, you know, gain my composure. And when we opened our eyes, she was looking at me. And I'm not sure she thought, okay, this lady's lost her mind. Um, but there was a different look on her face. And all I could do was blow her a kiss and put my heart, my hand on my heart. And I thought, Lord, why was that the reaction? Because it just, that's all I could do. But at that point... All I could say was, Lord, I pray that you spoke through my tears. So to close up today, if I can share one thing with you, if you're sitting out there and you're thinking, mm, I'd like to go on a mission trip, but that's not my comfort zone. I don't know how to hold a hammer. I don't know how to share the gospel. I don't know how to teach kids. Or if God's leading it, maybe for you to teach a Sunday school class. Or simple, go talk to your neighbor who's not a believer. Let God take you as an empty vessel, fill you up, because with you, all things are possible. I did not write notes. I... Um, also see that it's already 12 o'clock, so we're running very behind schedule. Um, so I'm going to try to keep it short, but if you know me, you know I talk a lot, and especially since I didn't write notes, I'm prone to ramble. Um, so this was my fifth time going to England um, on a missions trip um, with Wyatt every single time. I've gone to a church up in Welland three times, and then this is my second time going to Exeter. Um, every single time that I've gone has been the same process of going door to door and talking to people. And every single time, I don't like it. And I will be the first person to admit that, that um, even here in the United States, when somebody knocks on my door, I don't answer it unless I know somebody's coming to talk to me. I don't want to talk to people. Um, so I always, um, especially on this trip, I was just like, what? what? Why are we doing this? You know, like... I just, because I, I knew that we, I wanted to share the gospel. That was never a question. But the process of doing it was something that I was like, this just doesn't feel like it's going to work. Because this is my fifth time going, and it just doesn't seem to work for me. Um, and I had some unfortunate situations with people who were very rude. Um, but I expected that. Um, but I did have a couple of good conversations. But... While other people have talked about the conversations that they've had with people um, at the doors, I'll um, share more so that my passion every time going on these trips has been with the people in the church. Um, 
I love them. I love them a lot. And I think that while the goal of all of these trips has always been going door to door and sharing the gospel with people, because I'm telling you, the number of people that don't know what they believe there, it's a lot. It's a lot of people don't know. Don't know. They just don't know what they believe or they don't want to know. Um, so while a lot of people shared about that, I'll share that um, the people in the church is what I love about these trips and getting to know them and fellowship with them and encourage them has been my favorite part every single year is getting to share with them and talk about them and get to know them. Um, the pastor of that church and his family, I love them so much. And yeah, they, they've already invited me um, actually to come and live with them and work at the church. So if that um, says anything about my relationship with them, um, I love them. And so getting to fellowship with them um, and the kids, uh, their kids, they have four kids, getting to talk to them and share with them was some of my favorite experiences while I was there. Um, besides the fellowship with the church and the people that I got to live with, um, I also had two opportunities to share with um, kids. And if you know, I am going into clinical mental health counseling and I want to work with kids. Um, so my strength is also with kids like my mom, but not the little ones. Give me the teenagers. And a lot of people don't like teenagers, but I do. I love teenagers. So, um, that was something that I really enjoyed. I got to speak twice. I, um, shared at their version of Awana. It's called Friday Club. Um, and they have kids from the community come and play games and somebody will share. And then they have, um, I can't remember what they called it, but they have like candy and all the kids will come up and get to buy candy, um, at the end of it. Um, and it's really cute and fun. So I got to share with them. And the main thing that I shared at that lesson was that we're all unique and that God gives us strengths. Um, and that while it's really hard as a kid to, want to be like all of your friends and want to be good at things that your friends are good at and you're not good at it, that that's okay because we have special strengths that God gives us. Um, and you would think that sharing with kids would be somewhat easy, but I did have one kid yell out while I was sharing. I was like, we're, we all have things in common. We're all human. And one kid yells out and he was like, well, we came from monkeys. And I was like, all right, great. So I had to handle that, which I didn't expect to have to go over um, while talking to some kids, but um, the Lord used me really well in that situation, and because of that, they were like, oh, speak again on Sunday, and I was like, oh, okay, um, and I was really, really excited about that one because I convinced them to let me order a book off Amazon um, to read to the kids um, about feelings, um, and I'm going to be a counselor, so obviously, I really like talking about feelings, um, so I, I got to share with the kids that God gave us all of the feelings that we have and that it's really important to celebrate those feelings and it's okay to feel a lot of feelings. Um, and that's something that it was awesome to get to share that with the kids because I did similar to what Thad did. I called them all up, but all the adults were still all in the audience and getting to listen to me too. And I think it was really important for adults to hear that message as well, that feelings are important and that it's okay to feel angry and it's okay to feel sad. Um, because mental health is something that's not talked about a lot in the church. And so even if I could share it in such a small way to kids and getting their parents to also hear that, hear that message is something that I'm really passionate about. So I was really excited that I got to share about what I'm passionate about and that the Lord was able to use me with that um, as well with the kids. So what I'll leave you with is that 
it's easy to have a lot of doubts when you're going into these situations. Um, but it's also easy to pray and say, like, Lord, I know that you can work in these situations. I've, this is my fifth time doing this, and I've seen you do things. I've seen it happen, but yet I still am skeptical, and it's easy to be skeptical. But you have to have faith that the Lord can use you in ways that you're not expecting to do. I didn't know going into this that I was going to talk to any of the kids at all. I had to prepare that once I got there. Um, and the Lord was able to use me in that way. And it was really, really awesome to the fact that, like I said, the, fam- the pastor invited me to come back. He's like, I want you to work with our kids. Come back and live with us for a year and work with the kids. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that's crazy. Um, but it's something that I've been thinking about and praying about a lot. And it's, it's really an exciting experience to get to do the unexpected. And that you have to have faith that the Lord will use your strengths and get you out of your comfort zone. And you're going to do things that you don't want to do. But at the end of the day, like, even though we don't always see the outcome of these conversations, the Lord's using these conversations. And it's difficult for me because I want to be able to see people change. I want to know that what I said to them had an impact on them. And I want them to be excited because, like, other people got to experience people get saved right there at the door. And I wanted that. I didn't get that. And that's okay. Because I know that just because I didn't see anything happening in their heart, that doesn't mean that the Lord's not working in their heart. And so that's what I want to encourage you with is that even though you've been praying for someone for a really long time, or you've been having a conversation with your friend for a really long time and you're not seeing anything happen, that that does not mean that the Lord's not working in their hearts and that he is doing good things through you. And that that's the most important thing is just being willing to have those conversations. Thanks. So I'm going to wrap it up. I got just a couple of my own personal insights. I, I appreciate everybody here that was uh, able to speak today. Those we invited the uh, other team members. Uh, one had to work. Uh, one's it's their birthday. We invited some other folks uh, from here in the Birmingham area, but uh, they said they'd be praying for us today. And again, I know that uh, it was great uh, uh, serving with those guys. Uh, I did want to throw in a couple of shots here. A uh, couple of quick tidbits here on Exeter. And that is that they don't have air conditioning over there either. So I don't want anybody on these other really hot mission trips to feel like they got a leg up on us. But it was about 73 degrees on average. So very low humidity. But okay, we won't mention that. But uh, I did get this shot here because the, uh, as Gina mentioned, the baggage was way delayed. Mine came in about a day before hers did, but had to get my picture made at the church with my bag. And I'm wearing this shirt here because, believe it or not, my bag got to London and stayed there for another three days. So I'm like, okay, well, it's close, but not quite, not quite there. The next thing here I just wanted to share, we talked about the comfort zone. We talked about some of the different stuff that happened uh, here. And one of the events that we did that was different, and I showed those slides while the ladies were talking and stuff, and you kind of got a chance to see some of the activities with the Family Fun Day. But this right here was something that I thought was unique and uh, really had a deep impact. This place right here is called the Thatched House. You might see the roof over there, traditional grass roofs. And those last about 20 years or something. I was surprised at how long those grass roofs will last. But as many of you might have heard of, this is a pub, okay? So if does anybody know what a, know what a pub is? 
It's a place where they serve food, and it's a bar, okay, for basically. So, but it's very much part of the British culture, so people will come in to go to the pubs. At the church, they have a lot of uh, several people that are friends of or acquaintances of members of the church that will not come to the church building. You may have people right now that you've probably been trying to get to come to this very building, and they're like, I don't think so. They got not sure about that Christian thing, not so sure about hanging out with those folks, just not going to do it. But they still need the gospel. So the church decided this time, they said, look, what we're going to do is on a, we're going to have a men's night at the local pub. And so these guys invited people that were friends of theirs that they'd been sharing the gospel with or wanting to get them, uh, wanting the gospel to have questions answered and things, invited them to this particular location. So we, we were able to be there, and uh, one of the guys gave his testimony during that time period, but we were able to meet with these folks in advance uh, for an extended period of time. And again, these people came on their own volition. It wasn't like we were standing there at the door. And I had a great opportunity with a couple of different guys from the church who had brought a friend of theirs who was a non-believer but had been searching. And he started asking me these questions and things. And we spent probably 35, 40 minutes going through the gospel message, going through the different aspects of what the Bible has to say, and then him, him asking questions back and forth. And it was just great. I told Wyatt afterwards, I said, I said we, we should be doing that every night. I said, because the people that were there were really attentive and listened. The, the gentleman gave his testimony, and then we were able to, that tied in with some of the stuff that the man that I was talking with had, and we were able to build from that. So again, sometimes you got to go out of your comfort zone. you got to think outside the box to be able to do things to be able to reach these people. So again, uh, it's great. To, uh, typically, I try to speak for a long period of time, but I didn't have to today because we had such a great, great group that went along. So I really do appreciate that. In closing, I want to say that uh, we're, we're going to, uh, I picked up this small red double-decker bus, and we're going to place it outside in our missions uh, cabinet. So as you're coming by in the future and you see a double-decker bus, I want you to remember the folks there in England, whether they be in um, Exeter or in the outskirts of London or up in the Isle of Skye. Uh, remember those folks and pray for them. Again, uh, they're uh, right on the front battle of the uh, sharing the gospel out there. So Pastor Thad's going to close us out, and uh, I think with all those pictures I showed, you did see me serving food there too, I guess, in one of those shots. Uh, probably got them a little hungry. All right. Well, uh, we appreciate these guys sharing um, both during Sunday school and during the worship hour. Um, I was thinking two things, God's work, God's way. And, um, you know, it is. It's God's work to share the gospel, and we want to do it God's way. And God's way means this. I was thinking, as Natalie was saying, she shared and she wants to see results. You know, the Apostle Paul planted, you know, Paulus watered, and God caused the growth. And that's what we want to consider, that we are instruments that God will use. And uh, so hopefully you'll have a story next year that you can share about your opportunity to... Um, to go on a mission trip that God may send you on. All right, this morning we want to close our time and we want to um, have our team that's going to France to come up. And I believe that Alan Lovell's leading that. And um, all you guys can come forward and... I don't know if I know you, I'm Thad.
Paul? Paul, Theo Smith. Yeah, I'm, excuse me, I'm meeting the folks. And Taylor? Tori. Nice to meet you guys. Well, it's good having you here, and uh, we're going to pray for this team. I'm going to give you instructions so that after I pray, then you can get up and go form that line and get your food. A lot of folks work today to, to make this fellowship possible. If you want, if you brought your chair and you want to sit out in the rain, um, okay, bring your kid with you <laughs> um, to do that. But um, make sure, parents, that you go with your children uh, through the line and um, as they get their food. Let's see. And there'll be three tables with condiments, all right? Mayonnaise, mustard, all those kind of things. So use all three tables. I was told to emphasize that because everybody wants to pile up at one table. So if we could use all three tables to put all our stuff on our burgers and hot dogs, that'd be appreciated, all right? Well, let's have a word of prayer. You guys stand, and you've been sitting for a little while. If y'all stand, and um, we'll close in prayer. Our Father, we do thank you for uh, the model we have in Scripture and the encouragement uh, of what was just mentioned, that Paul said, I planted a pause water, God caused the growth. Um, Lord, we know that that's the process, and we know that, uh, Lord, it is the Holy Spirit of God working in the hearts of men. And so we want to pray that as these seeds were planted and watered, that, um, Lord, you would cause that growth and that their eyes would be open to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we just want to pray uh, for all the different teams that uh, went and for what they left behind. Uh, we just pray, Father, for, for your results in all of that. Um, Father, I want to pray for the France team. We're thankful for each and every member of the team. We pray for safety for them. We pray for a focus for them and just opportunities as they come up that you would just uh, give the exact words to these guys that go to minister uh, over in France. And we just look forward to hearing what you're going to do as they uh, minister over there for you. And uh, we just ask, Father, that um, you would bless our time of fellowship today. We're thankful that we get to do that and we're thankful for so many different ones that uh, are making this fellowship possible today. And I pray that, Lord, as we uh, partake of the food, that you would strengthen us with that, that we might uh, serve you better. And all these things I pray in the name of Christ. Amen. You're dismissed.